Hey everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Priceless Backstories Podcast. Today is a day of celebration at the Priceless Pod. Friends, we've hit a milestone of over 1,000 plays. If you have listened to one episode or to all 21, thank you, thank you, thank you. This podcast can be a lot of work, but it sure is fun. And I trust and believe that our friends' stories of faith are inspiring you in your own life, too. So would you celebrate today with us that we have reached 1,000 plays? I am coming to you today from my home, and I have a friend on the show that I'm looking forward to you being able to hear more of her story. I am here with Genesee Bishop today. She's a standout basketball player from East Chicago, Indiana. Genesee is a college graduate and a Wright State alum. She started her college basketball career at Boston College, then transferred to the Wright State Raiders as a sophomore to continue her playing career. A little bit of the records of Genesee is that she actually broke the East Chicago Central women's basketball scoring record with over 1,700 career points. Is that true? Uh, 1,700. That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you were 2018 Miss Basketball and you were an Indiana All-Star candidate. So pretty cool stuff. Um, One thing I love about Genesee is that I had the opportunity to mentor her as a student athlete at Wright State through Athletes in Action. And um, just super excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Amy. And to clear the record, I was um, a Miss Basketball candidate. I was a Miss Basketball. Oh, <laughs> so Miss Basketball candidate. That's still pretty, pretty awesome. So, yes. yeah, I love your honesty. <laughs> well, um, kind of starting out, we typically do a, just a fun question. And um, one of the places that we met pretty often, I would say, that's near Wright State's campus um, when we had discipleship and just catching up on life, we met at the local tropical smoothie. So Lay, Genesee, I actually will call you Lay probably pretty often through the show, but um, because that's what I like to call you um, when you were here. But Lay, I want to hear from you. What is, if you could have a tropical smoothie drink today, we were meeting at tropical smoothie, what flavors, what type of drink would you have? I will have the Blueberry Bliss smoothie. Oh, okay. That sounds really fruity. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yep. Yeah, I think for me, like, I always like a little, like, strawberry banana. Um, Just kind of some of those fruit flavors mixed in. So I don't remember the name. I think the name might have been, like, the Jetty Punch. But you'll have to fact check me on that. I think. Yeah. I haven't. Wow. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? It's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, would love to catch up initially, just catch up a little bit more in your life. Could you share with us just what you're up to these days um, post-graduation from Wright State? Just where are you and what does life look like these days? Okay. So I got to begin with this. I actually was saved and delivered this year. Mm-hmm. I would say in January um God has had his hand on my life like it's out of this world like words can't even describe how grateful I am um I managed to obtain peace after I would say 
eight plus years. Um, and I just have a fire to, you know, seek his face. Mm. And with that, I've learned so much about him. I've learned so much about myself. I learned so much about the spiritual world in general, and I'm just so grateful. Um, but for the past, since January, like I said, I've been going to church consistently. I go to Wednesday services, and now I'm in the school of prayer at my church, hmm. and that is helping me a lot. And um, yeah, I can't look. For, I can't wait to look and see how much I grow from now until the end of that class. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what, um, what's the school of prayer like? Like, what do you, is it more of like you, you show up and like learn a teaching or are they teaching you practices? Like what, yeah. What's that experience been like so far? It's a mixture. Um, you know, we learn different things, you know, of course about how to pray, you know, how to, submit ourselves to God, how to surrender. Um, and then we actually like put the practices into play. So we get to see it play out in front of us, which is amazing. Um, you know, you'll see people get delivered. You'll see people or hear people give their testimonies and it's just a blessing. Like the atmosphere is how I describe it. It's like, you can feel the fire. Hmm. You can feel the fire in the atmosphere. And, you know, at times it just makes me very, like, it makes me vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, like, I've never been in that space with God, you know, to be sensitive to his voice or anything like that. But now I am. And the feeling is just, like I said, it's, I can't describe it. Mm. Yeah, it just what you're sharing. I don't think I've experienced it personally um, in the same way, but but it just reminds me of like what it's like to be one surrounded by other believers, you know, who are surrendered and just wanting to hear from God. Um, and then secondly, also just what it's like to be in the like experience the presence of God, you know, in a really fresh way. And um, so that I don't know if that resonates at all or. Yes, it does. Um... This year was the first year, actually, that I felt the presence of God so heavy. And I remember one time in church, and I've never been the type to, well, I thought that I wasn't, you know, an outgoing person. You know, I would go to church before this year. And it's sad to say, but I would be embarrassed to yell, participate, sing, stand up, clap, the small things. But God has shown me so much through those moments, through those vulnerable moments. Hmm. You know, um, those were the best moments that I had with him. And I feel like I'm a, a big thing of that was just, you know, the devil trying to hinder that and make me feel these different feelings, making me feel embarrassed, making me feel um, insignificant. You know, a lot of times we get in spaces where we don't feel worthy enough to seek God and we feel like we have to hide from him. But as I've been growing, I've been realizing that it's in those moments when we need to seek God the most. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's powerful. I think even more recently, just yesterday, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about how in first John, it talks about how perfect love casts out all fear, you know? And it's like, if we really, 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 really knew the love of God, like really understood what he did on the cross. Um, like the more that we understand and fully grasp what he's done for us, like those kind of fears just seem foolish, don't they? It's like, yeah. what is it that, what is the reason that we care so much about what people think, you know, or why do I sometimes just really want the approval of people that I'm not willing to be honest or just be like you said, vulnerable with God, right. To, to not be afraid to even share him with others or do the thing he's asking me to do today. And, um, so I think you're really hitting something there in terms of like, sounds like you're in a season where it's like, I want to experience more and more of the presence of God. And I do not want the enemy, right. The devil to have any more of a foothold than he's already had. Um, but what, if you're willing to share, like, could you lean in with us a little bit on like, what, what has that journey been like in terms of, you said you've experienced some deliverance more recently, like, could you let us in on kind of what that looked like or what that is that you're experiencing more freedom? Yeah. yeah so in January of this year, um, I decided to participate in a church fasting, um, and we fasted and we prayed and we did a lot. And actually one night God gave me a dream and shared with me my purpose on this earth, because I shared with you plenty of times, like Amy, you know, every, it seems like everybody in their family knows their purpose, but I don't like, mm -hmm. why is it? I was, you know, explaining kind of like my, my frustrations with you. And it's like, it was in that, in that fasting time frame when he was actually able to come to me through a dream and basically show me my purpose here on earth. Hmm. And I woke up and I know it was from God, of course, because I always pay attention to how I feel and how that dream holds in my heart. Like if hmm. I wake up, I know it's not from God because God isn't a God of fear. Um, but I woke up peaceful and I was actually like, God, you really chose me. You assigned this assignment for me. Like, you know, but, um, hmm. yeah, that was just a bit of that story. So he gave, he showed me my purpose and what he wants me to fulfill while I'm here on earth. And then, um, like I said, I haven't had peace in eight years. He allowed me to have that. Um, he allowed me to forgive people in my past that have, that I feel, um, you know, um, betrayed me or, you know, did different things to me. He allowed me to have peace within that. And that by itself, like, that's what I've been craving. And a lot of times what we do, well, what I did, especially in college, you know, I, God wasn't my first source, if I'm being honest. I would seek or try to find, you know, love, peace, happiness, you know, throughout drinking, alcohol. And, you know, me reflecting back on it, you know, it's fun for the moment, but it leaves you more empty. Hmm. And God 
allowed me to realize that like, you know, that that whole time all you needed to do was lean on me. Um, so I'm happy I'm, you know, I've been sober for months. I haven't, I don't have the desire to drink. I don't have the desire to, you know, do the worldly things that I used to do. I don't go out. I don't go to bars. I don't do anything that's within the devil's jurisdiction hmm. because God has showed me, you know, when I could give you this scenario, I call myself a Christian, a child of God, right? And, you know, um, God has jurisdictions. So I'm a child of God and I go into a bar, right? That's the devil's playground. God is a God that he cannot mix in with evilness, like anything against his will, right? So when I allow myself to go into those territories, I'm in the devil's jurisdiction. He can do anything that he wants to do to me. You know what I'm saying? Because we're giving him that access. That's like us giving him a key to the door. So I eliminated those things and I just felt a significant change in my life. Hmm. Um, but yes. And then another thing I would tell you when I was in college, like, I would have sleepless nights. I couldn't go to sleep. I just, I used to have nightmares. I used to have a lot of things. And he actually, it was, I think, three weeks ago, one night I was reading a book on, you know, um, the importance of sleep and how God speaks through, speaks through us in our dreams and one night I'm like, I'm praying and I normally don't, I normally didn't pray like this, but I'm like, God, like in my sleep, just, you know, allow things that I missed in my, when I was awake to download within me and give me that peace, give me that love, allow me to get the sleep that I need in order to mm -hmm. function spiritually and physically in the next day. So one night I went to sleep and I prayed that prayer and uh, you know, I would wake up, I would normally wake up like four or five times a night. When I say I would wake up at 12, 1 30, 3 30, 4 30, then 5 30, and then I would have to go to work, you know? But that night, I kid you not, Amy, I went to sleep, I think around 11 ish, and I woke up at nine o'clock with no interruptions. And I'm like, mm. that's nothing but that's nothing but God. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Like, I feel like dreams have been a big part of your experiences, especially in the last five or six years, you know, like when we would meet often, you would say like, I had a dream. Like when I have dreams, I don't remember them to be honest. Like I wake up and I'm like, yeah, something bad, but I don't remember what happened. But in the moment it feels real, you know, like whether it's a negative dream or a positive dream, it like feels even last night I had a dream and it was like, somebody came to mind and I was like, Lord, let me not forget who that person was. So I want to text them tomorrow and be like, I thought of you today. And it was like a positive dream. Right. But there is, I know, um, remind me, I think it's in the new Testament where it talks about like that young people and older people, or maybe it just says younger people will experience dreams. Like there will be visions and dreams in terms of how the Lord speaks to people. 
And so as I got to know you, I'm like, there's something unique about the way you experience dreams. You know, some of them were really, really, in my opinion, were pretty intense. Right. And we don't need to get into all that in terms of the specifics, but others, like from what you're saying, like, it's so cool to hear that you're like, yeah, in January, the last six months or so, like God actually spoke to me, the thing I've been asking him, I've been asking him, what's my purpose. And he totally delivered and he did it in my sleep. And so I would love for you to even to tell us, do you remember what the name of that book is? that talks about the value of sleep in terms of our spiritual um, growth and development? Um, I forgot what it was specifically, but yeah. I can share you and you can probably link it down below this yeah. video. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If you want to text it to me and I'll just like um, tag it on the video, but, um, but yeah, that's really cool. Battlefield, battlefield of the night. I'm not sure though. But I'll text it to you for sure. Yeah, but you know what we're all wondering? We are wondering, what is it that you found out from God is your purpose? I don't know if that's more of a private matter or if it's something you're able to share, but you said you felt like God revealed more of your purpose um, through the dream. Basically, in a dream, um, God instructed me to intercede for a guy, right, that I didn't know, and you know, me being how I was at that state, like in that time, you know, I wasn't like outgoing or anything like that. I was more reserved. So I'm like, you know, he told me like, basically, say I need you to go pray. I need you to go confront, not confront that man, but teach that man about me. And I'm like, God, you know how I am like you know I'll do it tomorrow or something like that like you know what I'm saying I was I was too afraid to do it right so I don't I don't know who this man was so the next day this woman came up to me and she told me you know he died last night right and I'm like died what do you mean died and me knowing me knowing I'm like, I was responsible for his, I was responsible for that. Like his blood is on my hands. You know what I'm saying? And in the next dream, he actually, um, it was a lot of chaos going on. It was a lot of chaos going on. It was very, it was a lot of hatred. It was a lot of violence and stuff like that. And in the midst, I just felt so at peace, but it was like, okay, I would be, in an environment, right? And I would see people dying left and right, right? And I actually went up to this man instructed by the Holy, I was instructed by the Holy Spirit to pray for him, even though he was, you know, on his verge of dying. And I'm like, God, like, what are you telling me? What are you telling me? He basically revealed to me that he wanted me to be, he wanted me to intercede and be an intercessor for him. And you know, I just prayed and I just asked him to give me the strength and give me the guidance and wisdom so that I can do that because mm-hmm. that's a job to do. It is, but it's not an impossible job to do as long as I have him by my side. Wow. Yeah, I would say definitely uh, go for it. Don't say no to that one. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that's got to feel though, like quite a responsibility, you know, but how cool that the Lord put that on your heart. Like, I want you to be a woman who prays for people and like the reality that we all only have so much time on earth and we don't know how much time we have. That's our reality, right? Like none of us knows how much time we have, but what we do know as believers in Christ, like God calls us all, every single one of us to be ambassadors. And some of us are a lot more comfortable with that and saying like, how can I meet this person or talk to this person and ask how I can pray or share what God's done in my life or say, Hey, are you familiar with Jesus? Like, what do you think about Jesus? Depending on where a person's at. Right. But we're all called to be ambassadors and to stand in that gap, which is not an easy place to be. But the coolest thing about that gap lay is that guess who's in the gap with us? God, I sent him forth every time, Amy. Every time, every single time. I'm like, God, go before me. Go before me because I know, like, when you send God forth and you don't try to do things by yourself, you gonna win because God never you know what I'm saying and then another thing that I want to share that is um it goes back to the dreaming thing you know I read now and Amy you know I was never a reader in college I just like reading in college (laughs) but I read now and I read a book and it talks about how you know the enemy tries to attack like God he Sleep is a beautiful thing, and I didn't realize that until I read this book. God uses sleep to download things into us to get us spiritually prepared for the next day and physically because it's like this. If you lose a lot of sleep, nine times out of ten, you're going to be spiritually unstable. You know what I'm saying? You need to be stable at all times because the devil is going around trying to attack you through people, through things, through situations. But, um, yeah, God allowed me to realize the importance of sleep. Mm-hmm. And one important factor that I learned, I think, within this past week was we need to pray and ask God to help us get discernment on these dreams because, you know, we, like a lot of times we don't know if it's from God, the devil, or it's just our flesh. We need to ask God for discernment because it's possible that, you know, the devil can attack us spiritually through our dreams, right? And that when we wake up, the first thing that we should do is rebuke it. Rebuke it and ask God to, you know, be a shield for us. Because if we don't rebuke it, that's allowing it that's allowing it to linger on into our like physical life um but i would say even you when you start to remember your dreams focus on how it makes you feel when you wake up if it if it gives you peace if you have peace with the dream that's god of course if you're all frantic and scared rebuke it because God isn't trying to scare us. You know what I'm saying? And anything with God, he's going to send peace within our heart. We're going to have peace no matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? But that was a key factor that I learned um, about sleep and about dreams. Mm-hmm. What I hear you two uh, saying that I think is really powerful 
in terms of the power of a dream is, um, and you're just naturally saying this, but the sense of like it lining up with scripture and the character of God, you know, like, even as you're saying, like, if you have a dream, ask the question, one, how does it make you feel? Well, a big part of how does it make you feel? I think a litmus test lay can be um, from, I think it's Galatians five, but it's the fruits of the spirit, you know, like, does it fall in line with the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Like -hmm. those things are completely from the Lord and from the spirit. That's why it's called the fruits of the spirit, right? Um, or if it produces right lies or fear, those type of things that come from the enemy, right? He's the father of all lies. He wants anything that's apart from God, like what you're saying, or not the fruits of the spirit. Um, one thing that I've tried to do here, because I have had really bad nightmares at times, honestly, we haven't talked much about that, you and I, but um, but I always wake up and just say the name of Jesus, you know, because I think of the way that that Jesus fought the enemy you know, in the wilderness, Jesus was hungry, you know, he was very vulnerable to attack. Right. And so, um, into lies and it was a great time for, for Satan to show up, you know, in the wilderness, I think it's maybe Luke four somewhere in there, but, and he's tired, right. He's alone. Um, that that's a great, just, um, formula, you know, he's not been eating for the last 40 days. He's been fasting. Like you were saying earlier, And so somewhere in that space in the dry desert, the reality was Satan tried three different ways to attack him, you know, and he tried to get him with his appetite in the first, the first time he's and every time he tries to get him also with like his identity, you know, if you really are the son of God and it's like, Jesus knew who he was. Like he knew he was the beloved son of the father. Yes. And he always, he set the example for us that when Satan is attacking us, we can use God's word to rebuttal it. Like mm-hmm. every time Satan tried to say, do this or do that, Jesus is like, well, my father said this, or my father <laughs> said that, and that within itself just showed me the power. Of course, I know how powerful, you know, the word of God was, but how powerful it is against the enemy. Because he knows the word, but he would try to um, mix it up in a mm-hmm. way that him and 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 in a way that confuses us but we must be in our word we must be on one accord with God and the holy spirit because man it is real amy it's real why do you it's think real. he wants to why does satan even care about us why why would he care about what you dream about that just seems so distant you know um okay why does he care about what we dream about? Why would he even consider taking the time to try to get us to fall or to <laughs> give us nightmares or, you know, to speak lies, some of those things? Um, Like I said, the nighttime, because I ain't going to lie. When I was younger, I got I used to have so much fear when it came to the nighttime. It didn't make any sense. Like, literally scared as heck, like. Is a boogeyman under my bed, like all these things, right? I feel like me growing up, um, my parents didn't teach me these things just to say that, like, you know, I just learned it from classmates and things like that. But growing up, I had this fear of the nighttime and I'm, you know, struggling with sleep. Uh, it would be days where 
I go to sleep at four, have to wake up at seven, you know, which only gave me three hours of sleep. Next morning, I'm drained, things like that. But I feel like a lot of times Satan will try to use the nighttime against us. He would try to put these fears in our mind and in our hearts because he knows how important it is for us to get sleep. When we get sleep, mind you, Satan cannot read our minds. He doesn't know what goes on in our minds. So while I'm on this topic about him not knowing, when we pray, things like insecurities, fears, things like that, anything that the devil can use against us, we must pray in our head because he can't read our mind. Between mm -hmm. us and God, God is going to know what you're saying. But Satan tries to attack us, especially in the nighttime, because he knows how important it is. He knows, you know, um, if we miss it in the daytime, God is going to try to, you know, give us it when we sleep. He's downloading things into our minds so we will be prepared so we can see what's to come, so we can be um, ready to stand against the darkness. So that's why a lot of times um, Satan tries to take sleep away from us. He doesn't want us to, you know, have that time with God. Totally, because he does not want God's children and God's people to bring other people into the kingdom. He does not want us loving people the right. way that Christ loved people. He didn't want Jesus to leave that wilderness, right, in a way that he's like, I'm here on a mission, and my mission is to seek and save the lost. So if All I can right. get him to jump from that, the top of that hill, right? Like one of the, the temptations, right? If I can get him to turn the stones into bread, if I can get him not to go to that cross, if I can get somehow get Jesus to find another way, there will be no reality of salvation and reconciliation with the father. Like he, you're right. Whatever he can do in the darkness, if he can get us not to bring it in the light, there's a sense of like, it's really about a, a battle between him and God right? But we, we are God's children, his messengers that have the opportunity to bring people in the kingdom. So I love that you hear that dream and you're going, God has given me a purpose. And all that I know is between now and the day I go see him, like, I just want to listen and obey. Like, I want to, to pray for people. I want to be willing to connect them with the reality that there's a God who loves them. Right. Right. So I'm excited, Lay, like about what God's doing in your life. All of this was mostly new to me. Um, so this was a fresh conversation. This was not pre-scripted, right? Um, <laughs> I would love to kind of transition our time and, and close out by like, would you share with us a little bit as you're talking about the mind, right? And talking about even dreams, a big part of your story as a basketball player, an incredibly talented basketball player, right? In college, in high school and college, there was a shift for you that, you know, as a softball player, I think of it as a curveball when we're we're going in a direction and we, we're like, I feel like I'm really going with God. I'm in his plan. And then something comes in and just swipes us. Right. It's like, wait a minute. How, how did this how did I get here? And I remember that moment with you where you're like, how did I get here? Like, I know how I got from Boston College to Wright State. Right. It was time to transfer Coach T had heard about you um, with her connections that, Hey, come, would you come play for our team? And that's some of the backstory there, but somewhere in there, we just see God's hand and, and just the, the unexpected, just the unexpected circumstances, even when it comes to your mind, right. With experiencing a couple concussions um, 
I don't know if there were two or three, but just feeling like you had one concussion after another, after another, you know, on the court. Um, but you got in this space where it was like even hard to think, right? Yeah. I know that one part of your story that really speaks to me as well is just your heart for mental health and to really um, allow people to be aware of like how to navigate, you know, situations like that, especially when something that you love and you put so much into like the game of basketball was just stripped from you, right? It's like, I cannot play anymore on the court. So Alrighty, so my mental health um started to decline in high school, but really, well, it was starting to take a toll in eighth grade. Um, I was struggling a lot. Um, and then I hit high school. You know, I would have different issues, different problems, and things like that. Um, I eventually became suicidal in high school. I tried to kill myself five times. Um. But, you know, God being the God he is, even though I didn't see him, me being where I'm at, he showed, he, he showed me. Like, I was there the whole time. I was there in your lowest moments. You know what I'm saying? I was there when you were having these thoughts. I was there. I was there. I was there. Hmm. At that moment, I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't thinking, like, you know, let me go see God. I wasn't thinking that at all. I was trying to fill myself up with the world. And that just, like I said in the beginning, it just left me empty. And then in college, you know, I'm going to be able to play basketball. My freshman year of college was the hardest year of my, I wouldn't say of my life, but it was one of the hardest years of my life. I went through so much athletically. It took a toll on how I viewed myself. It took a toll on how I felt. My mental mental state was already down, you know. That just you know, made it go down even more. Um, But when I went to Wright State, you know, God introduced me to Trina, Coach T, Coach Ashley, Coach Abby, Coach Kim, um, all of them. And, like, just the sense of love that they gave me, you know, it helped me. I was still going through it mentally, of course, Um. And then the concussions didn't make it no better. I got two co- two concussions back to back. And my last concussion, I remember um, Coach Trina telling me, you know, you need to see a psychologist. You need to talk to somebody, da, da, da. So I'm just going in this, and I'm like, you know, I'm just, be, I'm just here to, um, you know, basically help myself with the last concussion I had. But me looking back at that, I think that God really, and it's this is me like just reflecting on everything right now and in this moment. I believe that God allowed me to go through those things because he needed me to deal with that first. He needed me to deal with my mental first so I can be mentally intact in order to grow spiritually. Because mm. I was a mess, Amy. I was like, when I say I was a mess, I was a mess. And I shared with you a couple of things. I would have nightmares back to back. But me seeking therapy, it let me, it opened, it basically opened the door. And it allowed me to 
deal with some things that I swept under the rug. And hmm. I feel like it's very important for people to use the resources that they have. Um, of course, you see God first and things like that, but he puts things into, he, he, he allows you to have these resources for a reason and we must use them. Um, I got the therapy that I needed to help me. And that was just the beginning of my journey. That was just the start. But I really feel like, like I said, he allowed me to endure those things because he needed me to deal <laughs> with the things that I tried to sweep under the rug. And me just looking back on that and that time, I just thank him every time. Like when I go to church and I'm praying and I'm praising, all I do is cry. And it's not tears of sadness, it's tears of joy because I'm like, God, even in my lowest moments, when I felt like I didn't have nobody, you was there. Hmm. You know, spared my life five times. And I'm just so grateful. And another thing that I learned about that is the devil, he knows that you're God's kid. He doesn't own you at all unless you give him the rights. Therefore, he cannot kill you himself. So he would try to put these thoughts into your mind, into your head to make you feel worthyless unless and nothing to God. He will make you feel like that so you can do it yourself. So mm -hmm. because he knows he can't take you out, but you can take yourself out by the things that you do, by the things that you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And. Yeah, God just spoke to me and he told me that, like. And that just made me more on fire to God because I'm like, you know, the devil tried to convince me to kill myself five times. I'm that important to the kingdom. I'm so Amen. important. To he knows that. That's why he tries to hinder that by doing these different things in our lives. Hmm. Amen. I don't know if you've heard of the word chrysalis. Have you heard of that before? No. So you've got a caterpillar, you've got a chrysalis, and you got a butterfly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the chrysalis just holds on tight. And there's a lot happens when a caterpillar is in the chrysalis stage, right? It's holding on tight. And the reality is one day that chrysalis, that caterpillar in that stage is going to become a butterfly. And there's something significant, right, about just holding on tightly to God and the word of God. And the, and it's not, it's a struggle in that stage. You know what I'm saying? There's the butterflies coming. It's coming, right? We love seeing butterflies, especially this time of year. And Lay, what I see in you is you have been transformed and God is still transforming you. And so I want to say thank you for joining us today. Um, I love who you are. I am like literally privileged to have you on the podcast. Um, this podcast is called Priceless Backstories and hearing your story, right? it genuinely is priceless and incredibly valuable and so worthy of being told and I, I really do believe that there's somebody listening today who who just needed to hear it um so thanks for being you thanks for being you thanks for making time good to see your backyard there um but thanks for making time and um yeah thank you to our guests and our audience those who are listening in watching in um, thank you for joining us for this episode of Priceless Backstories. Stay priceless. <laughs>